one of my siblings got mad at me mm-hmm. and made a fat joke. Okay. And it like it really upset me. It got me. It got under my skin. And the dispatcher we had at the time looks me dead in the eyes and goes, you may as well get used to it because it's going to be happening your whole life. Okay. And I think that was the first time I really remember I was determined, you know, like, no, I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong. back to fitness and friends podcast in today's episode we get to chat with coach Corey. for those of you who don't know Corey, he runs all the morning classes from 5 a.m 6 a.m 7 a.m also the 10 a.m and noons for those of you who haven't had the opportunity to work out with coach Corey, you probably would have never guessed that at one point in his fitness career he was 305 pounds today we discuss the early beginnings of his weight loss how it started for him, how long it took, and how he stays patient, and how he replaced his addiction to food by replacing it with music and fitness. If you guys enjoy this episode or would love to be in our next one, make sure to reach out to one of our coaches or shoot us an email. Again, if you haven't already, make sure to rate, share, and subscribe to help us share our message in optimizing health for our community. Hope everyone is having a great day, and we hope you guys enjoy this episode. Today is uh, is it's going to be a fun topic for me, a topic about your history. I don't think anyone knew how big you were at the start, right? Three hundred and five pounds to yes, one hundred and eighty-seven pounds yes, to being one of my full-time coaches here at CrossFit Mountain's Edge. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about maybe your history in fitness first, mm-hmm. right? How we, how it started all for you. And then um, gradually going into what we do now, which is crossfitting a ton for you. So let's start there. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Fitness-wise, I believe I started somewhere in the middle of my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I had done, you know, some physical activity, sports through high school. Um, I was I was on the football team. Um, I had actually I injured my right knee just during a scrimmage. Um, a another much larger teammate was actually knocked off guard, um, fell on my right knee, and shot it out of the socket 90 degrees outward. And then when everybody dogpiled on top of me, it uh, popped back in. I kind of dabbled on uh, the wrestling team, stuff like that as well, just because of my size. Um, Never really clicked, you know, with, with the whole team vibe. You know, um, I was the quote-unquote weird guy on the team. You okay. know, they were all the you know your your usual jocks and stuff like that, super into team sports, and I was the the weird dude that was into like scary music and wore all black. 
Okay. You know, I, I more or less became the person that you had to get through in order to, you know, make the team. Um, uh, God, at the time I was, like you said, 305 pounds. Um, I'm, I'm, I was never allowed to enroll in the weightlifting or weight training classes that we actually had offered at my high school. Um, back then CrossFit hadn't even been, you know, invented or anything like that or been brought forth yet. Um, I was never allowed to do that. Um, I really don't know if there was just kind of a breaking point my senior year of high school. Um, one day I just decided, I remember very vividly, I was actually with my sisters and my mom and uh, we were on some sort of break, maybe Christmas break. And she took us all to uh, Jack in the Box. Okay. And, you know, she was like, oh, okay, well, what does everybody want? And something literally just clicked and I was like, I don't really want anything. I'm good. Okay. And things kind of started to snowball from there. I, you know, I gave up soda. I haven't had, I haven't had a single drop of soda since 2000, somewhere around there. Yeah. And, um, laid off junk food. Uh, the only time I would have junk food was major holidays or family members' birthdays. And even then I really, really limited myself. Um, fitness wise, I had nobody to instruct me or anything like that. Um, all I had was a pair of 15 pound dumbbells that my mom happened to have lying around the house. And I just started doing what I thought I was supposed to do. Okay. You know, at the time YouTube wasn't a thing, you know, and I had no idea where to go look for this type of stuff. And, you know, over the course of that year, the, the routines just started getting longer, longer, longer. Yeah. And, um, at the time, I don't know if you remember an old diet pill called Metabolife. Yeah. Um, yeah. not familiar with it. But yeah. It was, it, it was big, you know, around the early two thousands and it had uh, ephedra in it, okay. which is now illegal. Right. And it's probably not saying anything very good, but, um, my mom started allowing me to take that. You're supposed to take six pills a day. Yeah. I was actually only taking two. I would take one before breakfast and then one while I was at school right before lunch. Okay. And the weight just started falling off. Wow. Um, it's really hard to describe, you know, something just kind of clicked in me, you know? So there was no big epiphany for you, like nothing emotional. You were just like, oh, I need to lose weight. Um, uh, to be honest, Matt, I think, where one of the, the turning points was I was at my uh, my family's old business. They ran a tow truck company. Uh-huh. And we were just, we used to go there after school. And um, one day, one of my siblings got mad at me mm-hmm. and made a fat joke. Okay. And it like, it really upset me. It got me, it got under my skin. Mm-hmm. And the dispatcher we had at the time looks me dead in the eyes and goes, you may as well get used to it because it's going to be happening your whole life. Okay. And I think that was the first time I really remember I was determined, you know, like, no, I'm, I'm going to prove you wrong. You this know? is where it all started. I, I really think so. What was that? You know, something that small, you know, it doesn't have to be anything big. Right. Everybody thinks that epiphanies have to be this gigantic life-changing event. 
and they really don't. It can right. be something that small that it just hits that switch in your head or you you know your heart, whichever you happen to be leading with at the time. Yeah. You know, and you never really look back. Okay, so you got to that point. I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Mm-hmm. You laid off the junk food. You did some illegal substances at the time. It's currently banned. <laughs> yeah, That's it was it was completely legal at the time. Yeah, no more ephedra. No. Okay. No. Um, so we do that. How long did this process take? So 305 pounds mm-hmm. to to let's just say 250. Uh, I actually How got down to take? 215 by the end of my uh, senior year. One year, you lost that much. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so it was all just simple things. I mean, the the diet pills that lasted maybe two three months. Okay, and I just stayed on. You know, my eating. Um, I rode my bike to and from school, or I was big into uh, rollerblading. You know, okay. like my brother did the skateboarding. I did, you know, rollerblading. How much? How much sodas and like junk food were you eating at? at the time a lot a can lot you me, can you run me through what a daily 305 god uh, Corey I would really? easily polish off eight or nine sodas by myself okay. in one day oh yeah okay absolutely and then junk food what was the junk oh, food oh man like? I anything I could get my hands on um you know it my my mom you know or my parents they you know it was kids cereal right you know like Lots of process, lots of sugar, that type of stuff. And then we went to my grandmother's every single day after school. Right. And my grandmother was diabetic, so mm-hmm. she had to have sweets around the house in case right. her blood sugar was low. Right. So it was always readily available to us, and she would never tell us no. Right. You know, and her being extremely southern, right. everything she made was fried, super greasy, okay. and stuff like that. There's always breakfast. I'm sorry, uh, dessert after every meal. Right. So it was. So it was normal. Oh, yeah. Eating this was normal. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you you go through this and, and and how do you break that norm aside from the epiphany that you had? Mm-hmm. Because I'm assuming they didn't change with you. Not at all. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how did you stay patient? How are they now? Like, what, what what's that process like? Um, there were definitely times where I was very impatient with myself. Um, okay. I would weigh myself constantly, and if I didn't see any change, I would get really frustrated. And you know that that first temptation is absolutely to you know to go eat your feelings, right? You know because okay. that that definitely was what I did in the past. Mm-hmm. Um. I was also really lucky in that I did have a few really good friends in high school that, you know, they started giving me, you know, reminders all the time. Like, um, I had a female friend, Danielle, Uh and I remember vividly she, she came up and gave me a hug one day Yeah, and she was just like, I can fit my arms around you. Right. Okay. There was little things, little reminders, reminders that you were exactly on the right path. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it wasn't, you know, and speaking to her years later, speaking to any of them years later, you know, it wasn't even anything that they did on purpose. It right. was just them being friends. You know, they 
they they were just like reminding me, you know, like, hey dude, like we we see that you're changing. That's that's awesome. So you had the support group. Because mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people, I'm not sure if you got if you had this type of vision. So every time you looked in the mirror, you always just saw probably the same Corey over and over again. Absolutely. Even at three hundred and five pounds and then two hundred and fifty. 215 was it like that for you or was it or could you see the difference or do you still see it now um there are definitely days where i i absolutely still see that kid in the mirror 305 absolutely um a one and uh a guy i used to play music with he had gone through something similar yeah and he actually brought it up as well he's like dude once a fat kid always a fat kid in your head okay you know it's it's something that you absolutely, like, it's always going to be a part of you, uh-huh. which can be a good thing or a bad thing. Because it can be a bad thing if you you internalize it negatively. Okay. Or it can be a good thing in that, especially in, you know, like, you let it drive you. Or you let it drive you to help others that are going through the exact same thing as you. Wow. And I just chose, I chose the latter. Okay, so that kind of stems from my second, my third question here. It was like, how did you overcome failure? And it seems like, it sounds like you're using this old version of you to empower you in a way that you can change Absolutely. people. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, so, so we, we often don't quite realize that, that food is a drug. It is extremely addicting. How did you fight that addiction? Because it is an addiction. Um, the only thing I can really say is you you have to almost treat it like you're you're in AA. Okay. You know, like okay, today I'm going to eat healthy. Okay. Like you can't sit there and beat yourself up because everybody is going to slip. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to happen no matter what. And, you know, I mean, there's no way that you're not going to be able to eat sweets or splurge for the rest of your life. Right. Because in my mind, that's, that's not really living. Mm-hmm. There are certain times where it's absolutely okay to slip. Right. It's, you know, oh, it's, it's Christmas. It's somebody's birthday. Right. I'm going to have a friggin' piece of cake. Right. You know, it's, but it really is a question of knowing your own limits. Okay. You have to know when to quit. Okay. I've had enough. Right. I'm not going to keep eating and just gorge myself to the point that I'm, I'm sick. And then just like, you know, any type of addict who's fallen off the wagon beating yourself up for it for, you know, days or weeks on end, mm-hmm. you know, um, you have to remember that, you know, I guess this too shall pass. It's not right. going to kill you. Right. You know, it's cool. You're going to have setbacks. The, you know, the, the, the key is to get back on that horse. Right. And keep riding. Right. You know, so there's lots of studies where to replace one habit, you have to replace it with another. Mm-hmm. 
was that fitness was that music was that um um actually i there's probably three things um fitness was absolutely one of them because okay. i did not miss a workout for seven years straight okay. um i had no idea what i was doing i was doing the exact same thing every day seven days a week for okay. seven years but that was absolutely one of them okay um music was definitely a a big part um of the process as well um you know i didn't grow up in the most stable house yeah um my mom's second husband and i did not get along at all we despised each other so you know sitting out on top of my roof with just these you know what i call comfort records kind of the same principle as comfort food right you know like my neighbors never, you know, they knew exactly what the deal was. They're like, okay, he's he's just up there, you know, resetting himself. Right. Cool. And they let me be. Um, the other one that I got really into was reading. Okay. Um, I just started, you know, picking up whatever book I could I could get hold of, and right. just plowing through them. I would stay up till you know one or two o'clock in the morning, and be unable to put books down. Yeah. So in these books, what kind of books were they? Were they books about people that going through the same issue? Um, Some of your heroes? At the time, um, I was actually getting a lot of books from uh, from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, my stepsister had also, I had started uh, reading the entire Harry Potter series uh-huh. just so that she and I would have something to talk about. Um, so I plowed through all of those. Um, I cannot remember the name. Oh, I'm sorry. Deepak Chopra. My mom was really into Deepak Chopra, and I just started grabbing a bunch of his books from her, you know, plowing through them, and even if I didn't agree with, you know, what he had to say, had to say it, was, it was interesting, it was eye-opening, you know, seeing somebody else's perspective on things. Right. So. So it brought you some enlightenment. Absolutely. Okay. So the next thing I really want to cover now is... I think we have this perception that once you get to an end goal, it's, we're done, right? Absolutely not. Um, yeah, right. Um, uh, but so, so with that said, like, what is, what are you doing now? You're seven years into this game, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're 187 pounds. Mm-hmm. How do you keep this up? The way I, for me specifically. Um, I look at training as it's my my time, right. you know. Even if I'm I'm participating in a class or anything like that, like it's it usually works one of two ways for me. I can either completely shut my mind off and not have to think about everything out else out in the you know the quote unquote real world, right. or it allows me to shut out all the small things that don't matter and I can look at whatever the current problem is from a broader point of view because you know it's I'm, I'm focusing purely on a physical aspect of what I'm doing if that makes sense yeah um now again I also find this to be you know a lot of fun I okay. like being around all the other coaches I like being around all of our athletes, things like that, you know, because I've never been a part of a community like this before. 
right. coming from powerlifting and, you know, like the Globo gym world. Yeah. The first time I walked into a CrossFit gym, it blew my mind that, you know, six people who had no idea who I were, I was, they didn't work here or anything like that. They walked up, introduced themselves like, Hey man, if you have any questions, hit me up, dude. My name is John, you know, right. it's, um, it, it's amazing. So you have this this sense of camaraderie, sense of connection, absolutely, with people that kind of keeps you mm-hmm. in check. Absolutely, right. it keeps you in check, and it keeps you motivated. You know, when people you don't know are just cheering you on because they're stoked for you, mm-hmm. they're happy that you finally hit that PR, that you finally hit that gymnastics movement that you were having so much trouble with. That's encouragement. That's beautiful. You know, they that just shows that there are absolutely good people in the world. If if that's not a good indication that the world is still a good place and there's still more good people in it than there are bad people, I really don't know what is. Right. I agree with that. So if there was someone listening into this podcast that's somewhere in your realm at one point, 305 pounds, what would you tell them as they're going through this journey that you just went through for seven years? Mm-hmm. What are your takeaways? What are like some big recommendations you recommend? Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll end with that, with mm-hmm. those words. Um, start small. Okay. Choose one thing that you want to change at a time. When you conquer that first thing, move on to the next. Then when you conquer that, move on to another. Just keep hitting small, attainable goals. Okay. It's not going to be an overnight process. It didn't take you 30 days to get to where you are now. It's not going to be 30 days to get to the point where you want to be. You know, it really is, it's an odyssey. Okay. If you look at it, if you look at your terms in life, I'm sorry, look at your life in terms of it being a journey, this is somewhere in the middle of the story. This is not the end. This is not the beginning. You know, you're, however you began, that's not where, how you have to end. You're in control of your victories. You're in control of how you perceive your failures. Right. You, if you let your failures fester and turn inward, then, you know, that can be used a couple of different ways. You know, I, I was always the type of person and, um, that failures, they would make me angry. Uh And I was lucky in that I could, I could use anger as a positive force. Mm -hmm and keep moving you Mm -hmm. know there are a hundred stories you know that my dad would tell where I would get hurt as a kid Mm -hmm. and instead of crying I would just clench up and get so mad Mm -hmm. that I would pass out and he would have to pass me off to my mom like fix him (laughs) you know it's but not everybody is like that right the key is to step back and analyze why you failed or why you hit this this wall and just find you know find a different way around it 
it everything is subjective it's a matter of matter of perspective you know if you let one thing stop you it really is you know that's your choice but if you look at each failure each pitfall each wall as a learning experience then you really are unstoppable i like that well, Corey, thank you so much for, uh, yes, for being part of this podcast. Yeah.